What's good, everybody? Back at you once again with another episode celebrating homegrown talent here on the Homegrown Community Podcast. I'm proud to bring to you this week's guest, Mr. Dwayne Meekins. Game Truck of Charlotte is his business. He's originally from High Point, North Carolina, though, y'all. So I'm happy to bring one of my advisors and the original seed sower who encouraged me to move forward with producing this podcast. You're going to enjoy this, particularly if you're into gaming. Homegrown Community Podcast, y'all. Let's get it. back once again hey so this is what i was trying to get at Dwayne. uh you being the original seed sower right you know look at what you made me do you know what i'm saying you know here we are with a podcast a little a couple years later after you sown the original seed so my question to you is like what compelled you to get in the podcast and what motivated you to suggest and recommend that i get into podcasting um, so when I, before I retired, my, I moved my family, uh, here to Charlotte in 2011 and I was, uh, still stationed in DC. So I got a six and a half hour one way drive and I had gotten to the point where I kind of knew what everything was going to be. I knew when I got through Greensboro, what was going to be on the radio. Uh, I knew mm-hmm. the, basically the order it was when I got to Durham, I knew what it was going to Gonna mm-hmm. be when I got to Richmond, I knew what it was gonna be, and mm-hmm. I just got tired of like I can't listen to the same stuff over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. And then my uncle sent me this really interesting podcast about uh, like the history of money and how it was originally like seashells and rocks and different mm-hmm. sizes and all that kind of stuff, and it was really mm-hmm. interesting. And mm-hmm. um, that same, I think that was a This American Life. Uh, episode. So I just started listening to more and more of those. And so that was the the first one that I actually listened to. Mm-hmm. But no, it was um so they had uh, an archive that was probably at the time 15 years old and mm-hmm. it was free for me to go back and just listen to the archive. So I started listening to those and then I realized that there were a lot of others uh different people, different voices, uh different topics. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just started listening to them. And last time I, I checked on my phone, I have over 30 podcasts that I listen to. So it's, um, and I don't listen to them every day or, but <laughs> they're good for me when I'm in the truck. Uh, when I go for a walk, I, I listen to them. I probably walk about four and a half, five. But I try to get out and maintain some level of activity. But it gives me something to do. Mm-hmm. It, I like, uh, I like to be provoked to think, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a whole mind group thing. But mm-hmm. I, I like interesting topics, and I like, you know, a whole array of different interesting things. And mm-hmm. podcasts allow me to kind of uh, satiate the inner nerd in me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. without being in an actual classroom setting, I right. can. I can learn because, you know, my grandfather always told me when you stop learning, you die. So I uh, so he he fostered the love of learning in me uh, early. Yeah. And so and I used to carry a book with me everywhere I went until, you know, smartphones, because I was always reading something. And now podcasts allow me to read when, when I'm not or allow me to uh, consume knowledge information when right. I'm not. 
or information. Right, right, right. I'm not stationary and at a point where I can read. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, man. That's interesting. So the advocate in you, you know, in terms of education, you know, that's just kind of comes, you know, with the territory. Give me one second, guys. Hold on. Yeah, those are great points. I mean, podcast is something definitely that you can get a lot of information from and all types is, I mean, podcasts from how to raise fish to how to fish, you know what I mean? Yeah. Every right. single aspect of, go ahead, Brian. Exactly. My bad. No, I'm sorry. Um, I closed the window because there's some noise going on outside. But anyway, um, no, I mean, just based on what you're saying, you know, that's the, that's the, um, the education advocate, advocate in you, you know what I mean? You know, uh, person that advocates learning. And from a mind group perspective, you know, you said, you know, being provoked to think podcasts stimulate you in a way that um, that allows that. So obviously, uh, as a as a um, as an advisor, you know, I'm pretty sure um, it's safe to say, and I think it's fair to say, and I should say that you are an advisor, you're one of our, you know, chief advisors to the mind group, along with Tim. And um, you know, advocating the idea of promoting what we're doing through a podcast, what compelled you to lay that on the table and bring that to me? I think with uh, your unique voice, your energy, I think it was something, uh, I think it would enable you to get your message out uh, to more people on a a more regular and consistent basis than uh hosting a tournament here because those are there's a whole lot of planning that goes into those and then it's you know two three times a year and I think what you're trying to do people need to hear from you more frequently than than just at a tournament or at a community function because those are few and far between but you can do uh, a podcast some people do them daily uh I don't know if you have the time or the energy to do that, but I think you can definitely do a weekly or a bi-weekly one. So that was some people. Some people do it three times in a day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, produce them. Right, or, right, right. Produce yeah, them right. to the public. So, right. Because you right. might want to. Okay, this is my podcast day, and you knock like three, four, five out in that day. But which is like you for the next month if you're doing it weekly. That's right. So, that's right. But. I just think that if you do it and you put them out there every week or however often you want to put them out there, yeah. people get to hear from you. And it's not a, a kind of a flash in the pan here and a flash in the pan there. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the, uh, the impetus behind me recommending that you, you do it. Yeah. Cause I, I think you have, I think what you're doing is noble and I think people need to be aware of it and, it's another promotion vehicle. It's another way mm-hmm. for you to get the word out about what it is that the mind group is doing. Mm-hmm. And you can provoke them to think. Yes. I like that. I like that, man. And this just, this just again, confirms uh, what has taken place here recently, which is this platform of outreach that we are using to promote people you know, like you Tim and JJ and uh, and other leaders and advocates in the community. So um, it's humbling, and and I and I wanted people to hear it from someone other than me. 
because more times than not, I struggle with it. You know what I mean? Uh, just because I don't, I don't go running to the camera. and I don't go running, you know what I mean, to be seen. But you about doing the work. Yes. You're not the glory hound. You're like, hey, this, would need, this is what needs to happen. Let's yes. go do this. Exactly. And, but you have to also, and it's what one of my, my bosses, one of my last bosses in the Coast Guard told me. He was like, I love the fact that you're not a glory hound. But sometimes you got to let people know what you're doing. You got to let them know that you are, you out here in, in these streets and you're doing good work. You got to let them know that. And he was telling me that for my, uh, my evaluation, he was like, you're not a, he said, I love that. He said, there's too many people who aren't doing anything, but they want all the glory. He said, you do the work, but you don't document it well enough. So he said, I know you did this, 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 and this. He said, but you didn't give me any of that for your evaluation. Mm. I was like, well, I did it. It's done already. You know, mm. I'm not, that ain't what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, this needs to be done. Let's go do it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how you are. But I'm going to tell you what he told me. I love the fact that you're not a glory hound, but sometimes you got to let people know. Yes, sir. But let them know. Yes, sir. That's what we're doing at right T. Yes, sir. That's it. Yeah. It's right here. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and I can tell you a little bit more about in terms of the evolution and the growth. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, Tumani, did TRJ go with us to Charlotte to game truck that one time when we did Let's Eat? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't remember. I'm not sure. Okay, okay, okay. I'd have to ask him, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we're gonna get into gaming in just a little bit, but but still, just giving people the origin of of uh, of how you connect to this community and and um, you know what you mean to us, you know, from that time that you sowed that seed, there were other people, you know, other classmates that had encouraged me. Shelly Skeen being one of them, you know, she was like, hey, you know, you might want to think about kind of you know using this platform because people have ears now. They like they want to hear from you know they want to hear from you, and I was like, what do they want to hear from me for? I, I ain't got nothing to say. I'm about that action, man. We got to get things done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But even Tumani, and I'm turning on, and I'm going I'm to pass it to Tumani because Tumani said the same thing. And I was like, okay, well, it ain't about me anyway. So let's don't get up here and try to make it anything that it's not. Let's use the platform for what it is and bring on the people that, you know, support us, rock with us, doing great things. Everything that we said that we stand for from a TMG perspective, let's bring them people on, celebrate them in conjunction with all the work that we put into it. So it doesn't just come perception. Oftentimes it's people's reality. So it's like, okay, make sure the presentation is solid, but at the same time, don't be afraid to let them know. Did I say that right, Tumani? Yeah, absolutely. You, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's all about, you know, it, we keep circling back to the mantra, you know what I'm saying? Your network is is, is equal to your net worth. Right. And, and it's like just bringing in people from past, present will lead us to our future. You know what I mean? It's like those relationships that we build. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when uh, when Brian was telling me about you, Dwayne, and your game truck, you know what I mean? I'm 
interested in that space, not so much from a gaming perspective, because that's where my son's interest is. And, you know, I, I see how they're engulfed in it. But from a business perspective, I'm like, OK, that's interesting. You know what I mean? How is that? So I, I, I'm excited and eager to learn more about what brought you into that space and how you thrive in that space. Correct. Okay. Yeah, take it there. Take us there, Dwayne. How did you get into game truck and franchising in Charlotte? Uh, so 2010, yeah, I asked my youngest son what he wanted to do for his birthday. And he said he wanted to have a video game party. And I was like, how do you do that? And he was like, and at the time they had a, a little playroom. It was like a supposed to be an office, but it was just a, a spare room we had in the house. And it was a small room, but they were six and seven at the time, I think. And it was a there was room for it. They had a TV, a, a a small couch in there and a toy box. That was it. And that was all it was room for in there and a and a six and seven year old. That's that's about how much room was in there. Yeah. And he was like, well, we can just do it in the playroom. I was like, you can get one more person in the playroom besides <laughs> you and your brother. Like that ain't gonna work. So yeah, yeah. I was actually online looking for somebody. If you've ever been to a trade show or like Target and you see they have the screen with the two controllers sticking out from it, yeah. I was actually looking online for somebody to come set up some kiosks in my in my living room. I was going to move the furniture, have them set up the stuff in there and let him have his party in the living room. Mm -hmm. And then I ran across Game Truck and I was like, hmm, this so the kids ain't going to be in my house and <laughs> I'm not going to have to move all the furniture right. and the kids aren't going to be in my house. Right, right, right. Yes, sir. So, so that was uh, really appealing to me. And then yeah. when his birthday came and the guy came with the truck and he had his son who was about my son's age uh, with him. And then my wheels started turning because my dad and my granddad both had businesses when I was a kid. And, you know, my granddad ran a security consultant firm in, in High Point. And yeah. I used to count bullets on the weekend, you know, making sure all his guards brought back all the ammo because that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this will be a whole lot more fun than counting ammo on the weekend. Like, it's something that I can uh, bring them with me for. It doesn't require... Um, I, I can introduce them to people. Um, I was an introvert and my grandfather used to take me and I'd have to introduce people, learn how to look them in the eye, firm handshake, all that stuff that you, yeah. you teach kids. And I was like, it's a, it's a vehicle for me to teach them these things. And it, it's something that I can do on a consistent basis as opposed to by happenstance at the grocery store or mm -hmm. just when I'm out and about and happen to have one of them with me. Right. So, I was like, I, I can be very deliberate about it. And I was also at, I had just gotten to year 17 of my Coast Guard service. So I had just started thinking about retirement and what I was gonna do. Mm -hmm. And so it just happened to like match up perfectly because I'm thinking, I knew I wanted to move back to North Carolina. I wasn't sure exactly what I was gonna do but I was like, 
I'm probably going to get out at 20 because at 20, they'll be in middle school and I don't want to keep dragging them all, all around the country, all through high school. Right, right. So I wanted them to get, to be able to have some roots mm-hmm. and, you know, have a, a, a friend group that they matriculated through school with. Correct. So that was part of the, the rationale. But when I called, they were super responsive. They got back to me like, um, they're on the West Coast, so they got back to me like the next day. And, um, you know, the rest is history. So we started, that was, his birthday was February 2011. We actually mm-hmm. started in November 2011. We did our first event. Mm-hmm. So, he was like, let's get it. Let's get it. What? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Man, so like, so talk about that process, man, because now, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about connecting people to the roots and to the origin of where we come from. And you know, me and you, we come from an origin of hardworking men and women, you know, in our families that, you know, were intricate to the community, you know, very valuable pillars uh, in the African-American community. So like, you know, that, that hustle and that flow and that grind is, it, it's, as JJ would say, man, it's something in the water. You know what I mean? It's like, it just comes with the territory, you know, for us. But now translating that over to the next generation so that they can explore entrepreneurial opportunities, business and growth opportunities, like people don't understand the grind and the perseverance and the patience especially when it's something that you love, like mm-hmm. it becomes extremely, I ain't going to say difficult because people have walked away from it and just got burned out. But when you really love something, it's just like almost impossible because it's going to continue to eat at your soul, eat at your core. You know what I mean? It's going to eat at your soul, eat at your core that this is what I'm supposed to do. Talk about that process, man, in those trying times up until the growth and evolution of your business now. Uh, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, you just gotta, well, my dad always told me that, you know, there's, if you got a problem, there's a solution to the problem and yes, you can, you can be a part of the solution or you can be a part of the problem. And so I've always, I never want to be associated with the problem. I want to be associated with the solution. So I don't really care what the issue is. And it's, that's just my outlook on life. You know, yeah. if there's an issue. I don't care who whose fault it is. I'm like, we in this hole now. How are we getting out of the hole? I don't care how we got down here. It's how do we get out of this hole? <laughs> so, because how we got here don't help me. You know, no. we can talk about that after, after we get the, out of here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't need to talk about that right now. Because mm-hmm. that's not that's not helping me get out of this predicament or whatever the situation is that I'm in. Right. So that's how you know. That's the I think that's the answer to your question. How do you? Is I always want to be associated with the solution. It's it's mm-hmm. like I got to move forward. I'm mm-hmm. always trying to move forward, mm-hmm. and so I'll I'll figure out a way if I got to go over it, around it, under it. I'll figure out a way to overcome the challenge. Mm-hmm. That's my, and podcasts helping that way, books, reading, mm-hmm. uh, articles, 
all of that stuff, the, the more knowledge I have, the better equipped I am to deal with adversity and solve whatever potential problem that I might encounter because mm -hmm. I've, oh, that works for, that's how you get out of this, this hole. That's how you get out of this. And, and that's one thing that I think that being a, a lifelong gamer helps with is there's always, you know, there's always a, a way to solve a problem. It might look right. insurmountable, but it wouldn't be there if it wasn't, mm. if I couldn't solve it. Mm -hmm. And so there's actually been Got studies done that, that gamers are actually better problem solvers than non-gamers because yeah. non You got to level up. Yeah, yes, you got to right level up. But you gotta think. the way that yeah. we are trained to do things is, well, mm -hmm. you got to try it again. So if I encounter a non-gamer encounters a wall, they'll, oh, well, they're going to run up. Uh, they're going to back up 20 yards further and run a little bit faster and try to jump over the wall. And a gamer would be like, well, maybe I can't jump over the wall. Maybe I got to go around mm -hmm. it. Maybe I got to dig a hole through it. Maybe I got to find something else to blow a hole in the wall. But right. you start looking <laughs> for different things because, well, this is obviously impossible. The game doesn't want me to do this. And sometimes life doesn't want you to do that either. You got to figure it out. Boy. Boom. So. No. I'm sorry, man. I had to sit back on that one because I have a <laughs> the game of life, bro. Like you yeah. yeah. real life situations with video gaming. And it's like, yo, make the correlation, make the parallel. Sometimes you ain't supposed to go through it. Maybe you're supposed to get something that you need mm -hmm. have to blow that sucker up so you ain't gotta mm -hmm. ain't gotta be so arduous for you to get there. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Man. It's like you you can't do that. You might have to come back to this part later. Right. After you went and found that thing. Right, right. So, but we we're sometimes hell bent on doing it right now. And mm, sometimes right. that's not that's not what you're supposed to do. Like but now, this ain't but see, for you right now. But check it out though, Meek. Don't we live in a right now society, man? So now you know we're talking about trying to change the narrative, trying to change, you know, stimulate the mind a little bit more, get people to think about things from a different, you know. From a different perspective, see through a different set of lenses. Like, you know what I mean? We're talking about shaping and helping create, stimulate thought in people. Mm -hmm. So, like, getting in business for yourself is not easy. It never is. And, no. if, if, you know, if you ain't a dog, then chances are, you know, you ain't going to be in the game long, no way. But the growth part, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody don't come to that you know, realization at the same time. So when did you come to that realization? Was it something, was it through granddad? Was it through, I mean, you can talk about Mr. Graves, you know what I mean? It's like, how did you come to that, had that dog in you to where you was like, yo, I'm just gonna solve the problem because I ain't finna sit up here and just, you know, fall back on, you know, be, being part of the problem when I when I figure out we can solve this thing. It was honestly, it was my dad and my granddad. You know, my dad telling me that you, you, I'd rather you be part of the solution. So that's kind of what my, he said, and he gave me, he said, you have a choice. You can be yeah. a part of the problem. You can be part of the solution. He said, but know this, if you are not part of the solution, then you are part of the problem. And so I've always, default. yeah, he's like, about default. <laughs> if you're not helping solve the problem, yeah. you're a part of it. Yeah. So I've always said, well, I don't ever want to be associated with the problem. 
So that's that's where it came from. And then my granddad would always challenge me. He would say, hey, you know, and he tossed something. Hey, figure this out. Like, what is that? Like Mm -hmm. when I was seven, I think I was seven. He uh, he wanted me. He came home, new toilet seat. Hey, go put this on. I'm seven. He tells in, you know, in my him and my mother, my grandmother's bathroom. So I'm in there and I get the thing off. I can't figure out how to get it on. I came out about a half hour later. I'm crying. And my grandma's like, Lawrence, let him just let him. He said, no, he needs to figure that out. So I went back in there and I'm in there. (laughs) You know, ugly face crying. And I actually figured it out. It probably took me about an hour. But when I did, I went back in the living room and he was like, you got it? I was like, yeah. I Your chest it. was poked out yes, at that time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> what I did. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I did that. Yes, you, you leveled up. You leveled up. Yeah. That's and, what it is. But he would, and that was like the first time he really, that I really remember him challenging me. But he always did stuff like that. He was like, hey, do this, do that, yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like when he ran for city council, you know, I'm, I'm a little more extroverted now, but I'm an introvert. And back then I was like super introverted. I only talked to people that I knew. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, um, here's a fly, here's a stack of flyers, it's like this high. And go hand these out and, and tell people that they should vote for your grandfather. And this is what, you know, my platform is. And I'm like, hold on. I'm like, I think I was 11 or 12 at the time. And he's yeah. got me going to talk to all these people. Yeah. And he took me and two or three of my friends and he would drop us off at an intersection. You go that way. You go that way. You go that way. I'll meet y'all at the next block. Yeah. So I really got to do this. And now I'm out here, like literally out here in these streets. That's right. <laughs> with a hand of flyers, a handful of flyers. Yeah. Going to have to, I have to talk to people. And it was stuff like that and the way he used to push and challenge me to get me out of my comfort zone. So I always, awesome. I always try to push a little bit. And yeah. the, I read this book several years ago by, it's actually funny. It's by Charles Barkley. And one of the things that he, he said in there, he said, if a conversation isn't a little bit uncomfortable, it's probably not worth having. And I think, cause you're not, he said, you're not learning anything and you're not growing from it. And I actually think that's applicable to life situations. You know, as far as if you're not a little bit uncomfortable in something, you're not, you probably shouldn't be doing that. You should be, cause you're not growing. You're not stretching yourself. You're not getting better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, so that's how, you know, because of my <clears throat> mentality and my philosophy and the way I approach uh, things, mm-hmm. I think that's why that's where you mentioned the dog. I don't, I don't know that I'm a dog. I just, I just, I'm solution oriented. I we gotta figure this, this out. And yeah, I'm a I'm a nerd. You know, I I always wanna know more and I wanna know how and why. And yes. like how can we make this better? How can we improve this? How can we do that? How can we get out of this mess we in? You know, whatever it is. Right. This is it's more 
my natural curiosity um, to to figure out things. Yes. So that's what it is for me. Well, I think that fire was stirred, though. Um, it was kindled and stirred, you know, at an early age through, you know, um, you know, Councilman Mr. Lawrence Graves, you know, rest in heaven, your grandfather, you know, one of the um, pillars of strength and patriarchs in our community, you know what I mean? So for you to be from that lineage, you know what I mean? Mary and Lawrence Graves, it was just Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, you know, um, Mary and Lawrence Graves, you know, to have that in your blood, bro, uh, you, you got some dog in you, man, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and that dog is about just being dog-minded, you know, and uh, having that mentality to, to do whatever it takes to figure it out, you know what I mean? So, but I'm going to pivot just real quick because um, I want you to talk about gaming and, you know, where you are right now in terms of how um, this opportunity for you to move in this has um, increased your measure of giving back because now, you know, you, you're in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area and you do things with, you know, through gaming to help kids, you know, with coding, inspiring them to look in, into job opportunities associated with gaming. Just, you already done, you know, stimulated the brain on how gaming, you know, cre- you know, it causes people to think. So talk about, you know, for about the next, you know, five minutes or so, just your experience with gaming and what it's doing for you and how people can get connected. Uh, well, I've been a gamer since, my dad brought Pong home like when I was seven. So, mm-hmm. and I've, I've gamed continuously through and that's about uh, 40 years. I, I ain't gonna say nothing else, but you can do the math. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Go ahead, man, you wild. I'm down. But no, it's something that I've always enjoyed. And for me early on, it was, I like competing. I like the competition. And for me, it's not different than, you know, when you would go from your neighborhood to your friend's neighborhood and, and y'all would play and like, I'm gonna come to your backyard and beat you. You know, yeah. I'm gonna come. It's not that different. Cause like uh-huh. when I was in high school, I would go, cause in Greensboro, there was Four Seasons, Carolina Circle, uh, Putt-Putt on Battleground, High Point Road, yeah, all of yeah. them had arcades. Yeah. And I was pretty good at Street Fighter at the time, Street Fighter 2. Mm. And I would go from Carolina Circle to, goodness gracious, oh, you hear that, that thunder? I heard that. <laughs> uh, I would go from, uh, you know, Carolina Circle to uh, Four Seasons to Battleground, you know, and just, I would play different people in Street Fighter. and Open up on everybody. Cool. Yeah. And there were people that I would only see at like Carolina Circle or only see at the arcade at Four Seasons. And so it was a social thing for me, just like when I would go to the park and play, you know, you run into people at Washington Terrace Park or you might run into people at Casa Style or, you know, it's different people like, hey, you going to the park, you going here. I'm like, you going, you going to be at Carolina Circle on this this night? And yeah. And so for me, it was more, a com- it's a competitive thing. I like to, I like the challenge. I like to, to be able to, to, if you give me a hard time with whoever you play with, 
I got to figure, you know, again, I'm back to my solution thing. How yeah. do I got to figure this out? I got to crack this code. How this do I beat him? What's, yeah. what's he doing to me that is keeping <laughs> me from winning? Right, and right. then once I figure it out, you ain't going to beat me no more. Because so, right. right. I, I figured it out. And yeah. who's, your, who's your player on Street Fighter? Who's your guy? Ha, I started with E Honda. That's me. When I got when I got really good at the game, yeah. I would play with Ball Rock and Ray. Okay. They would be like, how you play? He can't do nothing. Like, hey, come on. He's in box the whole time. Get this work. So they'd be like, I'ma just yeah, yeah. And they weren't yeah. ready because he had this uh he turn around and he could yeah. go through the yeah. fireball. And they'd be like, Whoa, yeah. where'd that come from? People always yeah. sleeping on. But yeah, Ball Rock was my Ball guy. Rock. That's what's yes, up. Sir. That's what's up. So you going around from arcade to arcade just basically whooping up on people and you figure like, man, I might be able to monetize this based on my passion for gaming, for competition, for kids that's into well, it. It was something that I was, uh, and I, I'll never forget it. Uh, Rick and Terry and I were at the Putt-Putt on High Point Road. It was a Saturday night and it yeah. was packed in there. Yeah. And I was like, one day I'm going to own an arcade. And they were like, really? I said, yeah. I said, how long have we been in here? I said, how much money have you spent tonight? And they were like, $15. I said, nah, look at all these cats in here. And Whoa. I said, multiply what you have spent times this. I want right. that. Whoa. And they were like, hmm. And so... I've, I've wanted that for a while. I was like, if yeah. I ever own a business, it's going to be an arcade or a record store. Record store is yeah. obsolete now. But right. I, the game truck is actually, it's, yeah. the, it's the arcade evolved. That's right. So I- Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, yes. it's, it is. It, yes. I was like, hmm. And I remember that. I think we were, we were 16, 17 at the time. Yeah, yeah. When I said that. Yeah. And Years later, right, it comes to fruition. So, but, so, 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 what? So, where are you now? We got about we got about four minutes left. So, where are you now in terms of, um, you know, the growth of your business? You know, you, you know, you have a mobile gaming unit. You're in Charlotte. How can people holler at you? You know, what type of events do you do? Just kind of give us a little quick synopsis of just you know your business and what you provide. You also you're a, a gaming director, so you know tournament director. So yeah, man, you got the floor is all yours, bro. I just want to make sure you get in what you need to, you know what I mean? So take it away, boss. Well, uh, appreciate it. So Game Truck Charlotte, our number is 704-900-7798. We do mobile video game events. So it's a, it's a mobile video game theater. Uh, we can come do private parties. We do church functions, school functions. Um, just about any entertainment event that you can think of. I've done quinceañeras, I've done bar and bat mitzvahs. So I've done church and band lock-ins. So it's, it's, a, it's really a multi-purpose thing. And I've, I can, I've done it for kids as young as five and kids as old as 58. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really something that everybody can and does do. That's right. So, and then we'll, and when we bring you back on, we'll talk about um, occupationally speaking. You know what I mean in terms of job creation. 
what gaming does. Um, remember, you used to talk to me about coding a lot and, um, and how games are just basically a bunch of, you know, a matrix of codes, you know, and, uh, all, you know, all those. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's gaming is whatever your passion is. You can probably put it into uh, a game. You can probably yeah. be employed by a game studio yeah. because it's probably one of the most multidisciplinary things that exist. You know, it's uh, I went to um, where was I? Oh, I was at the White House Initiative on HBCUs, and I met the. Um, she's actually the HR director for Riot Gaming, who they're the creators of League of Legends, which is the biggest uh, esports title in the world. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I need, you know, people always think it's computer science people. And she said, no, I need, I need writers because they're stories. She said, I need musicians because the game has a soundtrack. I need artists because somebody got to design these characters. She's yeah. like, I need she said, I need HR people because we got to make sure that all the ethnic people aren't the stereotype version of their ethnicity. You know, yeah, you have yeah, to be yeah. able to, that all black guys aren't walking around with a, with a boom box on their shoulder and an afro and, a, and a, the Angela Davis pick in their hair. Yes. So, and that's one of the reasons that she was brought on was because they had, uh, they had some diversity challenges at Riot and they brought her in to, help them address their diversity challenges. But she was like, she said, I'm in the room for character development, the character backstory. She says, I'm in the room for all of that. And mm -hmm. I need to be in the room for all of that because we don't want all the Asian people to be ninjas. We don't want all the black guys to be rappers. We don't want all, all the women to, to look like harlots. You know, we, it has to be, somebody has to address all of these diverse things. And awesome. she was like, I need everybody. That's dope. Two money. We're under a minute, yeah. man. That, that, that was awesome, man. What, what you think, I wish man? You could, I, I, I <laughs> wish we could go longer, man. I mean, I, I, really, I, I think we, I feel hey, like we, we just can, getting we into it. We can do part two. Yes. Yeah, we just get into it. <laughs> yeah. well, it was great having you on, Dwayne. It was a pleasure. I learned a lot, man. I definitely look forward to part two, man. Yep. Appreciate we're, it. We're going to call you yes, in a sir. second, Dwayne. Homegirl right. Community Podcast, man. We out. Holla back. Thank you for tuning in to the Homegrown Community Podcast. You can listen to this and other episodes on Spotify. Also follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until then, we'll see you next week. What's up, everybody? Brian Strickland, Homegrown Community Podcast, and we're out here in the community, right here at the Moorhead Recreation Center. And the reason why we're here is because it's been proposed that this place needs to shut down. Why? Due to budget cuts. I understand, times are tough, money is tight, but we want to keep this place alive, and we want to use it 
for the opportunity to generate revenue, bring more programs and activities, and celebrate the history of what this place means here in our community. Mr. Moorhead was a patriarch, an educator, an activist, an insurance salesman with North Carolina Mutual, and he was also my grandfather's good friend. I remember him growing up as they served on the United Methodist Men Board of Trustees. So all I'm asking you to do is just show up on June 15th at City Hall, where there'll be a public hearing to talk about this proposal. We got our men up there that's fighting for the cause, but we need you to be present so your voices can be heard too. I'm just speaking out to call to action. So let's keep Moorhead alive and let's let this be the lighthouse that it always has been and needs to continue to be.